I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z, people. Um, as you can tell, we just nothing is to schedule or to a, a certain kind of form here on the show anymore. I have thrown that out the window. I don't give a fuck anymore. The show's going to be wherever the fuck it wants to be. And I, I got to put a disclaimer out there to begin this thing. I know for the last three or four episodes, I've been saying that the movie we're going to cover tonight is a shot on video film. Mm-hmm. I am wrong. Yeah. And I don't nope. know why yeah. I kept saying that because I've seen this before, but uh, uh, Leave Jonker's Darkness, which is what we're going to be covering tonight, was shot on Super 8 millimeter, which is a format yep. that there's multiple versions of Super 8 uh, millimeter film. And the one I believe he shot on actually had the strip for audio. So that's what this was shot on. This is not a shot on video film, even though certain versions of it. You couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he said he they converted it like in his kitchen to video. Yeah, on a, like a, on a white sheet, like yeah, painted on the sixty millimeter on it and taped it off the sheet, and like and that's why it looked so fucking bad back in the day. A, a screen made from a large sheet of cardstock we bought at Walmart and sprayed with flat white paint off of our eight millimeter projector. Yeah, yeah. So that's that is why. the old school version of scanning a film. It's true. <laughs> I have a whole I have a whole DVD that tries to explain that process to me. And I went, no, nah, that's good. So Mark, having said that this isn't a shot on video film, did your boner go down a little bit when you started this goddamn gimmick up and it was shot on film? Uh well, a little bit. I will say that I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, you know what? This looks more like this looks more like film. Uh, even bad quality it still looks like film but it, it's still the opening of this film it, it still kept me you know solid pretty good um it kept, it kept you solid okay well, <laughs> well uh, the sexual innuendo is going to be very prevalent here tonight folks well before we get into the film let's introduce everybody i have a big the biggest crew i've had in a while here on the show if you haven't noticed i've been trying to keep the number of guests on Astro Radio Z down to a bare minimum because I hate talking to people except for Mark the Movie Man. And <laughs> no, that's not true at all. But it just oh, makes so scheduling these things. Okay. What's that? Oh, so you do hate talking to me. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm triggered tonight, people. I'm very triggered tonight. This is this has got to be one of the most fucked up like technical experiences I've had doing this show in a long time uh, almost outweighs the four times I had to sit and try and record the coffin Joe episode a number of episodes back. That was ridiculous. That episode almost didn't happen. But anyways, I got a couple people on this show to sit and talk about some darkness. So I got Mark, the movie man, obviously say hello to the fine people. Mark, the movie man. Hello, Astro zombies. And I've got back. You haven't heard him in many a moon since the, I believe the redneck zombies episode. 
Doc is back to sit and talk about some low-budget cinema. Say hi, Doc. Hello, everyone. I was on Orgy to that, too. Oh, that's right. We were talking about um, turd bailers, I believe, on that episode. <laughs> I, I, the reason why I say I, oh, I, I, that I came off the tongue that. so quickly is because... Um, for shits and giggles, I tossed that on the other day, that episode, and holy shit, that episode made me laugh oh, good. a lot. So, Well, I get so many fine phrases from, from Astro Radio's, <laughs> you know, the Dorito farts and turd bailers and sack of wet turds. How, how do you not know, be, being from Wisconsin yourself, Doc, how do you not know the term turd baler? That's a fair question. I don't I I, I must not have spent enough time with my... Uh, my my slightly more northern shit kicker relatives to well, that one regularly. <laughs> I did grow up in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, so that's probably why I know all these goddamn terms. Um, but last but not least, a newcomer to Astro Radio Z. You people out there in podcast town know him well, but we're going to introduce a new side of Mr. Vaughn. Vaughn, welcome to Astro Radio Z. I'm so excited to have you here tonight. How are you doing? Yeah, hi. Uh, doing great. Yeah, you know, technical difficulties aside, I mean, listening to you lose your fucking shit on two different recording programs is pretty funny. Whatever room you're in has probably got a big fucking hole in it. I know you just got this place, but it's like, oh, great. Now I've got to plaster the walls again. It's like, fuck, just slam your skull right into it. But uh, so far, it's been a very uh, eventful experience. Well, at least now I, these holes that I have in the wall that I can talk to people more freely. Uh, than right uh, <laughs> hole in the wall, I hear you say. Or, uh, but uh, we're using them for other uh, purposes lately. Mark, I don't want to know about your penis exploits. I don't want to know a single thing about them. <laughs> I brought you all here tonight to not talk about penis exploits. I brought you here to talk about a 1993 no-budget vampire epic Leaf Jonker's Darkness. Somewhere in the heartland of America, an evil has awakened. He catches us, we're all dead. Born to create an army of the undead. Hey! Unless it is stopped. Nobody is going to hurt you. It will take our towns. You're wrong. It will consume our cities. We're already dead. It will rule the earth. No one will be safe. No soul will be spared. There will be no escape. Pray to die before they eat you alive. Leaf Yonkers, Darkness, the Vampire Virgin. 13th Anniversary Special Edition coming 2005. This film is not yet rated. present the digitally remastered definitive edition of the internationally acclaimed underground horror classic, The Fiona's Darkness. Four stars. You thought horror, true horror, was dead? Think again. Ferocious splatter, and easy 10 plus on the gore score. Three stars, some of the most impressive gross-out special effects since the original Evil Dead. I regard Darkness as the horror film of the decade. Darkness, the vampire virgin at the edge of dawn. Even the dead will scream.
So, being that it's your first time on Astro Radio Z, Vaughn, would you care to yeah. tell the pe- fine people of Astro Radio Z Land what is the plot of Darkness? Uh, is the plot of this movie? Um, <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking you to tell because I couldn't tell you. Uh, a young man witnesses a vampire attack in a in a garage and then like a uh, the fuck gas station like a laundry room and uh, decides to go find his friends and s- help them try to stop this monster from continuing. Uh, it's kind of just joined in a weird way. Like it, a lot of people running in darkness, which I always think is the funniest thing. Like how, how many kind of like stolen shots and like, you know, he did this at four o'clock in the morning. Most of the goddamn time with people just would, with flashlights in their cars <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about this. It's about this one kid. It's about this one kid who witnesses this this attack, and he is now vowing vengeance to stop this head this head vampire um, from creating this huge horde. Um, and maybe he takes one of their friends. Uh, I. It's always kind of eluded me if he steals one of their friends away from them and tries to make them into like the second muckety muck of his group. But uh, it's just a, it's an all out gore film. Um, probably one of those probably one of the first VHS films I found where I was like wow holy shit people actually make really cool things on uh, you know in that time period yeah it's it's surprising for that time period normally a film like this would have been shot on consumer grade uh, VHS Um, most Uh of the people that were doing this kind of thing were doing that like a Todd Sheets or Tim Ritter or um Andreas Schnass or these these other, all these other people that are making these hard gore films that are for no budget at all. But Leif Jonker got together. He's from Kansas City, got together with all of his friends. He was 17 when he wrote this movie, mm-hmm. pull, tried to pull together a bunch of people and film it, filmed a little bit of it, stopped, abandoned it. Then two years later, pulled together $5,000 and asked every last person he knew in Kansas City to help him make what essentially is the dawn of the dead of no-budget vampire films. He sold his own blood like every fucking like once a week to get money for this. Like did like everything he could to get any kind of cash to get this film, the film made. And you could see it. You could see that it's like this freaking love letter to like all the to like everybody he works with, all these people. You know, even like when that barrel disc came out in two thousand five, like he dragged everybody he knew that he still talked to, and like there's commentaries like from every fucking person in the uh, like that could be afforded on this movie. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Now, Mark, this was the first time you've seen Darkness. What did you think of this thing? Uh. The opening really got me. I loved the opening. The whole scene, whole scene in the gas station struck me. And there were parts in the middle that I really enjoyed. And then the ending was, bah. but you know, uh, overall, I thought it was all right, though. I did felt it dragged in the middle. <laughs> that's that's really? to put it lightly. I, I know Vaughn's going to probably disagree yeah, with this. Completely. I, I disagree. Maybe because I've been watching this movie for like you know twenty some years. But like I don't I don't know I don't find I don't find any like you you get that you get the opening, and then you get you go you know you go to the guys you know meeting up to go to the sh- the concert. That's a little like the, the the scenes where it's like yeah well there's nothing going on it's like okay you, you could speed this up. But it's only in like an 80, well, 84, 86, according to which version you've seen. Yeah. 
um, mm-hmm. film, and it it's it moves pretty fast for like for that. I know that the, the speaking sequence is when they're driving in cars, talking, and you're like, okay, get to the next sequence. <laughs> Which is which I is guess. almost like sixty percent of this movie. Let's be honest about this, yeah. Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I still like I'm I'm watching it now, and they're at the scene where they pull the car over, and the whole horde of zombies comes out at them, and the one girl gets killed like right in front of her friends, mm-hmm. and yeah, you have mm-hmm. John Gray as a zombie get hit in the head with a glass bottle, and he's freaking the fuck out and losing his mind. Uh, and you know, it's just like it's. And like, okay, that's awesome. And I know, like, right after this, there's gonna be a, a long sequence where they're all sitting there talking, and it, it, you, and because people are so like really not actors, they, they don't really have like the emotion to show, like, oh my god, you just went through this whole fucking nasty sequence, you just cut a guy in the pits, and you're gonna be like, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> it gives you time for reflection, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> let you, let you breathe for a second. <laughs> Like, well, it really does depend on which version of the movie that you watch, because I know I watched and Mark, you probably watched the same thing. We watched the hour and 47 minute vampire cut. Yeah. Of this okay, movie. Yeah. And that cut feels like you're literally watching paint dry because about 60 percent of the movie is is kids running in the dark. <laughs> running in the dark. Yeah. Doc, what are your general thoughts? I know you've also, like Vaughn, have watched this over the years numerous times. What was what was it like the first time you found darkness, and what did you think about it? I, I stumbled on it very much by accident, um, walking through uh, one of those DVD resale shops, and during one of those periods where it's like, I have time, I'm going to go through everything and find something weird. <laughs> yeah. And I found this because it's, it's the vampire edition. It's the two disc one that uh, you mentioned that barrel put out. Yep. Yeah, it's like, also got the greatest cover of all fucking time. Let's be honest. Yeah. About yeah it. That's pretty slick. I ain't going to lie. There's a lot of text though. <laughs> but, oh, the picture itself is cool. Yeah. You think about <laughs> the vampire who's half eaten away and he's got his rib cage hanging out and his uh-huh. flesh is like pulling off of him. You think that yeah. would be the pitch. That would yeah. be that's the shit. Enough. Yeah. Nope. Got to have like fifteen the- different fucking full reviews on the cover of that goddamn gimmick. <laughs> and it was. Oh yeah. And the back of the back of the box is even is even better if you like if you like reading, right? Because of the two, two days he puts out. Because I like I said, this is like a treasure trove of everything he worked on with this with this film. So it's it's every little bit like. Yeah, and you know Junker worked on all like re- the remaster, worked on all the commentaries, like the, even the commentaries, like his commentaries, the most like fucking in depth, like this is how my life was going at the time when I was making this film, like journey that I've ever listened to, like ever, like most commentaries are like, oh yeah, we were doing this. He's talking about how his family life was at the time, like, and it's just so fucking <laughs> in depth. You're like, wow. You know, and even like every every special feature has like a commentary with him where it's just pretty much he goes from the commentary. He goes, well, I was talking about this at the time. And he kind of he kind of retraces his steps from the commentary to every other little piece in there. Like all the trailers for other films he tried to do. And like, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's it's, cra- it's crazy. You sit there and watch go through the whole and it's only two discs. It's like, wow, you jam this fucking thing packed it with jam packed. This is no yeah. lie. Yeah, so so you get this thing, Doc. You yeah, take it mm-hmm. home, it, it, and it, they sold me because oh, it's restored and this and, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of a junkie for stuff like you know that's been lost, so to speak, and refound yeah. and all that. And I watch, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is clearly you know they they made it for like five bucks or whatever. But holy crap, <laughs> wow! It, it, it like Ron would say, it's such 
there's a lot of love in here. Not necessarily, you know, it's it's not the most coherent whatever, but it's definitely, a, you know, what I would have, if you could say, hey, can you go back in time and make a movie with your buddies? Yes, I would love to have done that. Yeah, and I can understand why he probably talks about it in length like that, because it's just such a part of him. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, the most obvious aspect of this film and the reason why why it got such notoriety is the practical gore effects. I mean, if there's anything that's going to stand out in this movie, it's definitely not the acting. <laughs> no. Well, no, the guy who it's plays the head zombie, the, the big the big blonde mulleted zombie who walked around in the trench coat. Yeah, best fucking actor in the film. He's just scary as shit when he shows up. You're like, wow, whoa, okay. No, they, I don't want to fuck they, with that guy. They do build him up into a presence so that anytime he's on screen, you know, it's yeah. not much, but it's like, you know, it's, and that happens right from the beginning. That guy, uh-huh. when he shows himself. up for the first start, when he walks in and he's like, oh no, hell no. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm, or, or like the, the next scene you see him and he's climbing out of a fucking mound of dirt. You're like, that oh, okay. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great as hell. Like, what the fuck is this? And like, that's like, and they're like trying to find him the whole fucking time. And he's all he's doing, he's sitting, he's hanging out in the mound of dirt because he can't fucking come out for some strange reason. Well, the day, because so. of the sunlight. He yeah. can't come out oh, yeah, because I, of the sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even when like they, even when they don't even, they don't even like beat him at the end of the film. Like, to be honest, I'm sorry, I'm giving away the fucking movie, but. <laughs> I don't think you got to worry about that one. They don't even beat him at the end of the film. They get rid of it. They kill everybody else. Like that whole last 10 minutes is like, be fair. Like, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they survive. They yeah. don't beat yeah, it. They survive. <laughs> yeah. But the whole film is them trying to find him and trying to you yeah. know, end this thing. And they never even get there. Like they, well, they're just like, Oh fuck, fine. Whatever. We killed everybody else. Who cares? We're going to go back to our house. Like <laughs> we'll find him. We'll, we'll keep tracking him down until we find him. That it, it was clearly yeah. meant there was, you know, he wanted. Well, yeah, like I, I like I read that he he wanted to 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 do two more films on this. Well, there's uh, like there's the, which promo, were going to be promos on the DVD for a Darkness two and three. So yeah, yeah, he wanted because this film was supposed to be a smaller film to a even bigger film, but it didn't get done because he just couldn't get the funding. Yeah. And well, that's yeah. that's like, such a shock. He only sat and worked on this thing every day for 15 years. It seems like yeah. he shot it. He shot it during that one period of time and has reworked this film over and over and over again, which, like we said before, is why there's so many different versions of this movie that are out there. So I honestly mm-hmm. wish I this time when we revisited this thing, I would have seen one of the shorter cuts because I think the yeah. vampire version, which is, I believe, like it's a a totally remastered version where he's taken all the best elements added in all the mm-hmm. scenes that weren't in the other cuts put a new score into it um made it look and sound in he cut it the best way he possibly could because i bet you it was at a time where he finally had a non-linear editing system so he can make this stuff look real fucking sharp mm-hmm. and the the pro- the main problem with this movie that i have it's not the gore and it's not the, the lead vampire. It is the fact that in that vampire cut, there is the story is just totally perfunctionary. There, it, there, there really is no plot to this thing other than this guy gets caught in a fucked up situation where vampires are. He runs away, then runs into another group of people and they decide to pull together to try and defeat and survive this oncoming zombie apocalypse that happens. And it's basically like Dawn of the Dead, but with vampires. And it's just like a road movie. So if you were to like mash Dawn of the Dead with vampires and with Phantasm, that's kind of what darkness is. Yeah. yeah. John Carpenter's vampires. 
The What's cut that? I'm watching. Yeah, John Carpenter's vampires. The oh, cut I'm watching now. I don't remember if the in the vampire version he he put like at the beginning of this film it says it gives you that whole gas station attack mm-hmm. and then it goes three days later and I yeah. don't remember if the vampire does the vampire version still have that in there. The one that I saw has the three days later. Oh, okay, so okay, so it still does because I don't remember because I, I don't so, remember from that version if he cut it out because it feels like besides that three days later bit it feels like it's more like a day and a half really. Cause like that whole, like them going, the friends going to find the meet up for the show is the start of the whole rest of the rest of the film. Yeah. Right. Like, right. That's the beginning and of that once night that starts. Once that starts, it's basically like a travel log with it's them. Just, it's, just, it's like one uh, day that goes on Yeah, pretty much yeah. just that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Into the morning, yeah, into the morning when the sun comes up and all the vampires explode. Yeah, which is probably one of the greatest sequences in all of low budget cinema. I mean, yeah. if you're going to sit and compare this to anything at that time, um, this is literally, and this is saying something. This is like a no budget Peter Jackson movie of that era. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all practical effects. It's all done like with extreme close ups, with tons mm-hmm. of blood spurting all over the place, with decaying flesh, head exploding all over yeah. the fucking place mark when you saw this shit what did you think of all these goddamn like practical effects and the exploding heads and all this shit for for no budget oh i loved it i mean that's that's one of the favorite parts of this were and surprises was uh going into this not knowing anything about this film uh and and seeing all these practical effects you know just throughout the film blew me away for a film for the type of film it was and the scope of it. I mean, we're not just talking about because some some uh, low budget stuff, you get one or two exploding head or they reuse the shot from a different angle or whatnot. Yeah. But this, I mean, there's all kinds of crap. There's guys where the skin bubbling mm-hmm. and, you know, people melting. I mean, you get that scene even in the in the river where he, where he mixes holy water in the river to make the entire river apparently holy water. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, cool. Awesome. Scene. <laughs> I love awesome. that scene. But they start melting in there and I was like, holy crap, and it wasn't just them screaming and diving into the water. They come up and the one dude's like just just pouring just they, they get the one shot where the guy is just pouring and it's just like this is some awesome shit right here yeah. and, he, and he did such a good job of hiding all the appliances around yeah. stuff and mm-hmm. and making it look like it was actually somebody's skin bubbling off their face and popping and the blood's pussing out and it's like awesome like you see stuff like this from this time period from the like late 80s to the early 90s when it's like, all right, we're just going to fucking, we're going to throw some paste on your face and we're just going to like make it look like you're bleeding. But when it's like, you see it really nice, it's like, oh, that's fucking terrible looking. Like, what yeah. the fuck was I thinking about when I was a kid? This film, you watch it and it's like, like it all holds up like really well. All holds up extremely well. I mean, even comparatively so, because we've been going on this shot on video journey here on Astro Radio Z, where we've been going and revisiting all of this stuff, like the Burning Moon and all the violent shit Mm -hmm. movies and all of this stuff. And of all of it, of all of it, in in the violent shit movies are obviously nothing but gag reels for fucking visual effects. Darkness Uh blows it all the fuck away. And this was done by a 19-year-old kid. It's yeah, unbelievable. I, I think it, it, like like I say, he he's he's been like you said, he's been working on this film his whole life, and now he's like uh, like I told you, Derek. He's he's ma- he's made mentions that he's trying to get this made on, trying to get this on put on Blu-ray, you I know, remastering it. it. And 
like yet like you know 10 years ago 12 years ago he he they got the dvd out now he's working on trying to get it on blu-ray and it's like i can't wait to see what he does with it now like if he changes it or if he he finds other shit that he can add to it like i don't know like i don't know if i want more of a film like the damn vampire cuts the longest ever is the longest version of that film and it's it's great uh, but like I think like we all kind of agree there are certain things in it where it's just like, okay, just fuck move. Like keep going. If it was on an hour cut, this movie would be one of the greatest underground movies of all time. I all the running around in the dark and the talking, just have it be them having to constantly run in practical effects, the entire fucking movie. And I'd be set. But like, there are certain sequences. I really, I really like, like there's a sequence in the, in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Where the oh you mentioned you know where he where the where the main vampire takes the friend over Joey. like and kind of just yeah yeah works on works on him and takes him over to become like his second in command and it's just like that's so fucking tense and so fucking like because I like I said the guy the guy's not a the guy's probably the best actor in the whole crowd um but it's it's such a good little good little like five minute sequence like if that was cut out of the original film I'd be like oh I wouldn't like where the fuck did this guy come from. Like, yeah, you know, that stuff needs to be in there, and that all of these actors, including that one, the main vampire, he was only like yeah. twenty-two years old. Mm-hmm. Half of these actors were fifteen or yeah. less. <laughs> he, he, he's talked about in some of the commentaries how the cops were called on them because of the sounds of the guns because they were using like blanks, <laughs> but they were using real guns, and cops would call be called on him, and because he knew all the cops in the area because they were all either like friends or fr- like friends of family and stuff like that. They'd just be like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're, just, we're no, we're just kind of, we're playing around. We're not doing anything crazy. And they'd see what they're doing and they're like, oh, okay. And then like kind of just like let him keep doing what he was doing. Like they didn't, like they were like, they were like, uh, maybe keep it down a little bit. And he's oh yeah, yeah, we're done with that. So don't worry about it. Cause like they did this like in the middle of the night, most of the yep. shots. Yep. Yep. There's, yeah. there's actually, if you go to YouTube, one of the uh, special features that's on the vampire cut, um, and there's yeah. a documentary where he goes and interviews most of the people. Cause I think they were having like uh, the vampire cut was having its debut at a theater uh, locally yeah, there. Near him. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole sequence in which they show because he, they were using these, these guns and there was a no gun permit within the city. They're going on side streets, shooting these guns and then immediately jumping in cars and driving. off. <laughs> <laughs> so every time they would go to shoot these, if it was for Foley or if it was just to like shoot any of these shots, it was like uh-huh. let's uh, leaf would, would roll. They'd shoot. He would cut. They would immediately jump in the car and ride off and Leaf would stay there until the cops showed up. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, We're just shooting a movie here. I don't know what, yeah. what you're even referring to. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, my God, this this is no budget, like passion, peace, ingenuity. And if you're going to say anything about this movie, regardless if it lags in parts, there's passion that runs through this entire thing. Now, Mark, the movie man, what would you say is probably your favorite aspect of uh, darkness? Uh, my favorite aspect would be the practical effects in here. Uh, it's just, it, it shows you what someone with a lot of passion and a little money can actually do. <laughs> and you look at this film and it's just, it's boggling. You look at this go, Cripes, this is like on the, the, you know, level of George Romero or even beyond that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Mark's dying. 
<clears throat> Mangler virus. Yeah. It's got the Mangler virus. <laughs> Mangler virus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when, well, when you look at the special effects in here, uh, they're on par with stuff you saw in a lot bigger budgeted films at the time. And some of the stuff, even not so much. I mean, some of the horror back then, the sheer volume of effects that he has in here for the budget and how it was shot is, is mind blowing. And, and uh, I appreciate it just for that. I like that there's a coherent story and uh, I, I like the main vampire guy too. I got to admit. Yeah. He was just, he was really scary. Yeah. He was intense. Well, and it also was how they lit him, how they had him blocked in a scene, how he carried himself, and they also altered his voice. Now, Doc, what is your favorite part of Darkness? I would have to say we've been kind of sassing at some of the acting and the story and the lagging a little bit. But what I like probably best about it, apart from just the effects, is the fact that there's no info dump there's no oh the bad guy has to stand up there and explain his evil plan to us or anything like that it's just this stuff is happening and crap what do we do i mean there's even to the point where they have a brief discussion about like well why is he turning so many and 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 and, you know walmart anthony edwards goes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) And, and and it does and it really that part of it's not Unless you get to the point where there's a, it's not important. The fact is, he's doing it. It's so creepy. You know, they these kids go to a concert and come back, and their family is all changed and all mute. It's you go away for a couple hours, and your mom's not your mom anymore. Your sister, you know, they're getting it. It's not like a normal vampire film where there's like one person and it's this big deal or a couple people. Yeah, they come back and the entire town has lost its crap completely. You know. And that one, the, there's that one vampire dude with like kind of the half shaved head and the long hair that looks like he's in a band. Yeah, yeah, with the real intense eyes. That yeah. dude, I like too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the cool things that I really liked and that stuck out with me was the atmosphere that was created with very little. And this, I mean. Making a post-apocalyptic type film on a budget is hard. And obviously there are aspects of this film and parts of this film where that they weren't able to lock down areas of town. There are cars that are driving past in certain scenes that obviously give away that this isn't a post-apocalyptic deal. But um, for the most part, they, they shoot in the, the choices that were made for the locations in these dilapidated houses and um, back alleys and stuff, give it a kind, of atmosphere that only really resides in like darkness and maybe street trash and in some of these other kind of like really gritty no nonsense balls to the wall gore type films now vaughn what was your what is your favorite thing about darkness everything everything uh, <laughs> thanks for the answer no, that no, was no. really illuminating i'm I'm glad i asked it oh um no you know like 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 i was telling you before that whole sequence where they he he the, you have the zombies kind of hanging outside and the one guy gets pushed into this like movie theater like uh um like theater hall and he's confronted by the main zombie i i, I really like that scene it doesn't explain really like why he wants to do it he's just he needs some kind of accolade he needs a, he needs like a, yeah he needs like a second in command like a somebody who, yeah he needs somebody to watch over all these fucking guys he's already turned um because there's a huge like there must be 20 25 people just running through the streets of a uh, of kansas like you know 
covered in blood and is screaming and yelling. And it's like, oh, yeah, I need somebody to, you know, keep an eye on those guys. Like, the fuck? Really? Okay. And it's like, that scene's so cool because it's so, it's so dark. Not even like, I mean, the shot dark, but I mean, it's, it's such a scary, ominous scene, you know, because it goes from that to the whole scene where, they're, where the kids are hanging out in the, in the house uh, and they're trying to figure out why he's doing everything. Um, and it's such a good like middle of the film. Okay, this is like this is the crescendo. This is where we're gonna go from now on. Like once this hits, it's just all down. It's all you know uphill from here. And yeah, I really, well, that's I really one of the cool things is that nobody is safe in this movie. Yeah, like all of the all of the main characters. There, uh, you have a ragtag group that starts the movie, and mm-hmm. one by one, these people that you figure are gonna Slowly last through it off, yeah. get killed off. And you don't know who's going to end up surviving this thing in the way yeah. they come back and the way they look in the gore that happens. It's for a, for a film like this, this goes, mm-hmm. I need $5,000 nowadays. That's fucking nothing. Yeah. That and the sad nothing. part is like, I, like I said, like, like I say, I constantly, I, I reference, I really do life like Leif Junker. I think the man's a friggin' fascinating dude. The fact that like this film did not write a ticket for somebody to say, Hey, you want to make another film? Go ahead. You know what I mean? That just fucking sucks. Like it's seriously. shocking to me. I can't believe that he never went on to make anything else. Like he started working on another film called Demon Machine, which would have been another whole crazier project, but the funding fell out on that. Okay. And it's like, oh fuck, really? And like you see the trailer on on the barrel disc. Yeah. And it's like, wow, holy shit, this is fucking nuts. It's 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 scenes of guys shooting fucking people with red eyes like all over the fucking place. There's a building coming down at one point. It's completely insane. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what happened to this? Oh, I, I lost funding. It's like, fuck, really? <laughs> like, shit. You know. And he had and there's another one where he had friends come in and he had people from other states that you know saw this and made friends with him that were like, yeah, I can help you out. It's just like, what the fuck happened? Like, you know. And it's so like this. It's so like sad that you're like, really, this guy made this fucking madness. And it's like, he never was able. And like, in a way, like I'm kind of happy that he never made anything else because like you have this thing, at least you have this fucking tome of like, all right, this is look what I, I made this. This is fucking awesome. I can write my name on this. This is all, this is the best thing ever. You know, like there's some guys who continue to make fucking movies where it's like, Oh, I made my best movie at number one. And I just keep making a shittier film. Every fucking other one. It's just like a weird riff of the same fucking movie over and yeah. over again. Well, I, I wish that he would get in contact with Todd Sheets and, and Todd Sheets could help him figure out how because they're yeah. right in the same area. The two dudes. And I just actually funny story enough. And Mark knows this already. The other night, the last episode, obviously, listeners, you know, we, we talked about Todd's newest movie, Dreaming Purple Neon. And uh, Todd got a hold of me two days later and, started, and was complimenting us and, and this and that. And we were kind of just talking about stuff. Now, I don't know what least hang up is budget wise. Cause I know uh, certain people just kind of like throw care to the air. I don't know. Maybe his budgets were just, he, he wanted way more than maybe some of these people were willing to give him for these movies. Cause I mean, once you go to the, the lengths that he did in darkness to go less than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive. That kind of practical effects worth is expensive. And I know Todd talked to me the other day about the fact that dreaming purple neon has a lot of practical effects in it and CGI effects, but he funded that. This was shocking to me. That movie only cost him thirty two hundred dollars. Whoa, 
and it was all off of credit cards and his own money. <laughs> so it's just like the films can be done. And I, and you'd think that Leaf would be able to figure out a way to make this stuff happen, but maybe his, he just like his ideas are too grand and they yeah. would cost too much money and he'd need too many people and not being able to pay those people to be involved. It may work when you're 17 and 19. It doesn't work when you're in your thirties or forties. <laughs> People don't want to hang out in the middle of the night in freezing weather, covered in carol syrup with yeah. uh, with eye with contacts in their eyes, be, barely being able to see. Who knows? I I I wish he would make another movie. I I really really do. I mean, was there any other explanations, uh, Vaughn, other than the fact that just funding fell through for him on most of this stuff? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember. I have to, I have to look really look up to it, look into it. Like, like I said, like if you follow him on Facebook, he is kind of a treasure trove of that stuff. Where he he goes through his stuff and he'll find something. He's like, oh shit, and he'll write and he'll write a nice big story about it. I'm like, what happened? And and like he's because he remembers all this shit because it's like, why not? But I right. think I'm like he just posted something about that actually too about that movie about with working with a friend of his. Um, because he's like charged the guy a dollar, so he had like a he's going through. You know, freaking uh, like all this stuff in a in a bin. He found it. He found the check. The uh, you know the copy check. And I was like, oh wow! Like it's just it's crazy the stuff he stuff he remembers. I don't know. I I don't. I I think it's just that like maybe he just hit a wall. He just realized that maybe this is just too ambitious, and like you know, like he's still a guy in the in the Kansas horror scene. He still works on a lot of stuff. Like there was this um this film like he was he was doing show and films and stuff like that with and like last this this uh this halloween the regal like the regal cinema which is like a big multi-chain mm-hmm. they did like a whole like month of like movie stuff where he actually it started from his local regal where he would get them to you know kind of like work with him to kind of present films like horror films during halloween and it actually went national because of like how well it went with, with where he lives <laughs> that's good he's coming You can see for yourself that nobody out there is going to hurt you. It's too late. There is nothing we can do. John, John, don't do this. Put the gun down. No, there is no other choice. There's nobody out there. Nobody is going to hurt you. Now just give me the gun and we will all be all right. You're wrong. We're already dead. No! So so Mark, yeah. when, you, when you sat, you, you watched this thing, um, how did it stack up with the vast majority of the stuff that we've watched so far on this kind of like shot on video, no budget uh, kind of deal that we've been doing here on Astro Radio Z? Well, even though I, I talked about how it, it did drag for me in the middle, overall, it's one of the better shot on video ones. I mean, you know, it's not a shot on video, Mark. Or, excuse me, shot, you know, the lower budget films because um, it's shot on film. My, my apologies. Uh but for a film that's shot on a budget like this, it's one of the, you know, it, it's a upper tier, if you will, because even though it drags a little bit in the middle, 
they wrote of there's a very coherent story here actually um you, you know it's it's pretty basic but still they add extra elements you can see the influences uh you know Vaughn uh, talks about the theater scene there's a great shot of when the main vampires coming up the hallway and it's it's backlit and it's silhouette it's like that's a badass shot and some of the other camera work in here you could tell people were you know he was putting care into this quite a bit and it does stand out and it comes across on screen and it does move it above some of these other low budget films at the time uh where you could see that not as much care was put into the stuff uh so yeah it, it's one of the upper ones i would say it, it's one that i could see myself watching again um yeah, versus I could- with the others I kind of hope that I can find a shorter cut to rewatch than the vampire version, even though there was some cool stuff in the vampire version. I'd much rather see a shorter cut of this, but I like that you're talking about some of the cinematography of this movie, because I do think it cinematography and no budget films kind of gets lost um, because the format most of these people are shooting on when you're shooting on film, you kind of have to take care with it you have to expose it a certain way you you have to be very selective with what you're pointing the camera at because you only have so much film it's not like you're shooting on tape where you could just keep shoving a goddamn tape into the goddamn thing and you got as much as you need as long as you just keep buying tapes or if you're shooting on like a dslr it's just a matter of well how much do i have for card space mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry. It's just like, well, just shoot and spray. And that's why half the movies we watch nowadays look like fucking garbage that come out <laughs> in a no-budget realm. Where stuff like this, these people, like, I, I'm going to, even though maybe it's not fair to compare them, but I, I saw a lot of similarities bet- between Leif Jonker and some of the early era of Peter Jackson. There was a lot of the same kind of, like, uh, love for film in both of those, like, let's take bad taste in darkness. I think there was a lot of similarities between the two movies, to be honest. At least I saw them. Um, just a lot of quirky camera angles. The practical effects, while they, for the most part, looked real, there were some hokey puppets <laughs> that were with exploding heads and eyeballs. And they looked like, you know, the demon at the end of rock and roll nightmare that yeah. <laughs> uh, John Michael Thor fights in his cod piece. Um, but at the same time, you know, there, there was such care and fun, you know, put into it. You didn't go, Oh my God, <laughs> this is fucking garbage. No, it looked, it looked fucking great. <laughs> So uh, that's one thing you don't see very often is like good cinematography where somebody actually takes care to light things, even though I'm not going to say the entire movie looks great. (laughs) This extended sequences of people running down streets with one light shot, you know, shining on them is not particularly the height of cinema. (laughs) Well, to, to, With that, though, there are still some of those shots during that darken scene where um, you've actually got camera tracking going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, dolly shots and stuff. Sure. Dolly shots and stuff, which, yeah, a lot of it's running, but some of it would throw me because I'm sitting there watching all of a sudden. Oh, holy crap. The camera's moving with them. That 
you know, I'm like sitting here going, thinking of the budget, and they probably shot it like I shot my student film. Someone sat on the top of a car. I'm sure that's what they did, or <laughs> hung out the door of a car. I'm sure that's yeah. how all of that was kept. But the thing is, like, it's it's you can see that they actually somebody held the camera and didn't fucking shake it around like a goddamn maniac 90% of the time. Yes. It's like, oh, oh, we're gonna do a close up, we're gonna zoom in, and then all of a sudden, this seems like someone bounced into the goddamn camera. It's like because they couldn't buy a tripod. It looks like he at least spent the money and said, "Hey, I'll buy a tripod to put the fuck camera on." Like, I'm like, yeah. any of this like low budget shit where it's like, "All right, let's just fucking go ape shit." And it's like, okay, well, the camera's upside down. Who cares? It's like forty percent of the fucking movie. Yeah, that works. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the difference between good low budget cinema and bad low budget cinema, where people are just trying to crank a product out and they don't care how it looks. They don't care how it sounds. They don't care if it's sunk up. They don't care if it's fucking color corrected. They don't it's care like about this, any of this nonsense. It, Stuff yeah, like yeah, Dark is like, that wrong. Derek, you're like the Leif Junker of this of uh, podcast because you, you <laughs> never let these things go out without being meticulously cut and edited and... <laughs> You know, properly uh, set up properly and everything. So, in fifteen years, Vaughn, I'll I'll release the vampire cut of the Astro Radio Z episode one seventeen, which I add in all of the excise parts of me screaming and yelling and uh, <laughs> yeah. tronning out all over the place. All that so. stuff that we thought was lost for the longest time, and then it turns out it, we do have audio of you punching a hole in your wall. Ah, <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Holy shit balls. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is a thing, is that I think when people there there's a big misnomer in the community of like people that like low budget cinema and like shot on video stuff. And we're gonna we're gonna say we're gonna lump this with the shot on video stuff because it feels a lot like it. Wasn't that it, same, it was in the same era. The really, yeah, it definitely it was. was. Because I, this, like, like, like we talked about earlier in the film, we sh- shot on, you know, Super 8 and then blown up on cardboard stock, like to get some kind of bigger version of it so we could put it on VHS. Right. Because he didn't have the right, he didn't have the, you know, he couldn't afford to get it actually produced to VHS tapes. So it's like, so like the original cuts that people saw in the 90s was like oh it's this great 16 millimeter print or eight millimeter print what the fuck was it um yeah super eight millimeter yeah and and he and he dragged and he and he he actually brought it down fucking six levels because they didn't have the he didn't have the money to fucking do it properly yep like and that's why the barrel dvd is such a huge improvement because he had the money and the time to actually even like on the second disc there's there's an 86 minute cut of the film Mm-hmm. which is from the one inch tape and it looks fucking awesome on DVD, you know, because, and you can see where they like, where the edges are all frayed, where like he, you know, he took it off, off something else. Like, like all the edges are weirdly cu- cupped or dark because it's being presented on something else yeah. and it's being taped off of that, but it still looks great right now, you know, compared to like the old tapes I remember having like from film threat and shit like that. Oh Jesus, dude, that's something that's, that's where I first caught wind of this movie was the back end of like film threat or the back end of Fangoria or gore zone. Yeah. I used mm-hmm. to see this tape constantly in those old issues. And man, I, I scoured everywhere to find this thing because you see that cover and we had kind of talked about it before. Mm -hmm. It is one of the final vampires in the movie because this whole movie culminates into a climaxes in this epic sequence where there's like 30 fucking vampires running towards 
our two protagonists, the two people that are left standing, and all of a sudden it turns into daylight and the the sun melts everybody. And it's just this huge orgy of bubbling blood geysers and exploding heads and all this fucking shit. And the the main vampire towards the end, not the, the head vampire, but the one that was their friend is like half melted uh-huh. and his rib cage is poking out of his side and his face is just totally decrepit and he's got flesh just dangling off of him is the cover of the film. And if you're looking for a, a cover that would be replicated ad nauseum in the underground in v- varying degrees of, of awfulness, Leaf Jonker's Darkness is that cover of that melted, zo- uh, not zombie, vampire, is got to be one of the greatest covers mm-hmm. that ever got put out there. Because I'll tell you, it fucking sold me instantly. Steve, do you remember? Or Doc, I should say, because I keep like <laughs> back and forth. Doc, my name. Do you, yeah, do, you, do you remember seeing this tape back in the day or in the back of the magazines and stuff <sighs> like that? Kind of. I remember there was a lot of stuff I remember seeing in, in the back of magazines where I'm like, Ooh, and, and that was before, you know, I'd seen Mark with the inflatable objects, but from tape, you know, yeah, I, oh, it was, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it was, I'm trying to remember what else was there around it now, but nothing else is popping. But I, I remember, I do remember seeing it now. Shoot. Man, I tell you, it was between this and uh, Tim Ritter's Creep. Like these two covers, man. I remember seeing these two things. I, Creep is not as nearly as cool no. as Leaf Jonker's Darkness, but Creep still has uh, Joel Weinkoop like yeah. holding a knife to this to this chick who has tits that are improbably huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's attempting to slit her, her throat on the cover. And I, as a 17-year-old as a boy, it's like, hmm, hey now. there's something interesting going on here. No, I just, the, but there were times, you know, in the, the days before DVD, where we, you know, I remember, you know, my joke aside, you're looking at lists of movies with Mark and sometimes just seeing, you know, titles and you go, what the hell is this? You know, and uh, this had to be one of them back in the Just a lot, or, you know, you see the explanation, you know, three word explanations like, Oh, uh, you know, dark Euro nun exploitation. It's like, and we're like, Oh, that sounds so wrong. What is this? Oh man. There's nothing wrong about Euro nun exploitation. That's an episode I want to do soon is, uh, I I've been wanting to do a nun exploitation episode or at least one on school of the Holy beast, but, uh, we won't bring that up yet. That we'll talk about that down the road because I'm jumping around. Sorry, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that. fine. <laughs> I keep because I, I have this whole list of episodes that I want to do here on the show, and School of the Holy Beast is right there. And I'm just like, hmm, I, I gotta find the right kind of weirdo to bring on for that one. <laughs> None exploitation, I'm in. Oh, uh, Mark's already got a fucking hard boner, he's standing at attention for fucking School of the Holy Beast. So let's go solid. <laughs> Oh my God! Let's let's go. Let's let's start to wrap this one up, boys. And uh, Vaughn, when all is done, yeah. obviously we know you're an immensely huge Darkness fan. What are your mm-hmm. What are your final thoughts on the movie, if any? Well, like I said, there is a DVD out there of Bar- uh, through Barrel Entertainment, a long defunct uh, DVD label, and you can get them practically for fucking nothing. 
You know what I mean? And you know what? You're not wasting any time seeing if you're going to spend a couple bucks to buy it because it'll be a film that you'll watch again and again and just show people. Like This is a film I play now when we have parties at the house. I just put it on the DVD player and I just let it play on the TV. And like people, you know, kind of walk past and they see the sequences. This is when that chainsaw sequence starts. Ah. People sit down on the, t- on the couches and watch that whole sequence for the time. You know, those are also the sequence where my, mother, my wife's like, why is this on the TV? Like, can you change? Can you put something on? The kids are frightened. Can you can you put something else on? It's like it's like first off, the kids are supposed to be asleep. Secondly, no. Like, I watch enough of your shit. We can have this playing on the background every once in a blue moon. Your parents are leaving right now anyway. Say goodbye to them. They can. They, your your father's like, I'm gonna stay to watch this, and your mother's like, I'm gonna puke a little. It's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's such a, you know, like you you see like like he put his heart and soul into this picture with like everyone he knew, and just was like, yeah, this is it. And it's you know like we keep saying he keeps working on it. He, like I think the vampire version is the final cut. If you, I, I mean, I'll wait till he puts it out on Blu-ray and see if he changes it. But as of right now, that vampire version is the final cut of the of the film. And it's like, holy Christ. You know, I, I, I like when I first found this on Film Threat, when I first found that tape, uh, digging through friends' boxes, I was like, wow, what is this fucking thing? And I watched it by myself. And then I certainly brought it back to my friend and said, did you watch this? And he's like, no, I just I haven't. I was like, okay, we have to watch this right now and made him watch it with me. And it's just like, you know, convert right then and there. And I didn't even know this was coming out on DVD in 2005. And I found it and I was like, oh, fuck. I bought like two or three of them because I was like, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen. I just fucking put them away. And I've handed I've handed the other copies I've had to people. I've mailed them out to people. I was like, so you want to watch something cool? And just mailed out the DVD to people. I was like, here, watch this. Don't ask me any questions. Just put it on. And then talk to me afterwards. And it's like, I don't know. It's just I and I continue to do that with people. I continue to try to convert them and and. And I'll even like mail my copy out with the, f- the notion that I may lose it in the in the post, but I'm still like, oh, you need to see this film here. Send it back to me. Watch it. Send it back to me. And I it just, keeps I've, coming back to you. Yeah, I've had to buy one copy over the years. Another copy that I've actually had to rebuy because somebody didn't give it back to me because they were like, oh, this is great. I don't want to give it back. And I was like, keep it. I'll find. I'll find another copy of it. Wow, you have better friends than I. My friends never send me anything back. Well, it's sometimes <laughs> not even people. Like, like the one the one guy I sent it to who actually kept it was a guy I just met. We were sitting there talking online for a couple years, like through fa- through groups and stuff like that. And he was sending me shit, like trying to get me to get this, you know, the sicker and sicker and sicker shit. And I was like, here, send, watch this. You've never seen this film. Watch this. And I beat him. And he's like, holy shit, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm not sending you his DVD back. I was like, fine, just keep it. Fucking watch it. You know, don't ruin it. You know, just keep 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 telling people about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Steve, f- final thoughts. It's one of the things I like about it is that it does, it feels very much like it, it what it is that it's a movie that a bunch of friends got together and did. Um, it, and it feels familiar because they're of an age that I would have been at the time, or at least similar that these are, this is my age group. So I recognize high school here, you know, with the, you know, the dopey, in some cases, the dopey, you know, clothes or whatever else, the vision street wear shirts and yeah, the hard rock cafe shirt. Yeah. That too. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I told Amanda, Amanda and I were watching this, and I looked at Amanda and I go, I had that exact same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's part of, you know, so that I, I, you know, that's obviously part of the draw and, and it's not by any means, it's not a perfect film as we've noted. And, you know, if there was a little more development of some of the creatures, it would be fine. They're not what we normally consider vampires, at least not traditionally. They, it was kind of changing at the time. They're very much more, the, the term zombie keeps coming up for that very reason, the way that they attack they're it feels more zombie like in some ways, but they're they're very definitely vampires. They're stupid vampires to some degree because they haven't been trained. <laughs> you, no. Would you like to elaborate on that? Hi, it's three minutes to sunrise. We're just going to chase these folks because we're not we don't we're not we haven't been trained to go hide and from the sun. So that's why they all get killed. That's why they all melt at the end, because it seems like only the leader guys really he hasn't passed on any knowledge. Oh, by the way, the sun's going to burn. <laughs> the sun's going to come up. You're going to hear a gunshot from God, and it's going to kill you. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of that. They're they're a little more inhuman beasts than the traditional suave, intelligent creature that the vampires often portrayed as. Um, but it's such a it, it's so intense. And that's part of the draw for me. The, the effects are really good. And then just everything boils together is so much better than it should for the pieces that it has. You know, even though we go, oh, okay, yeah, the acting is not so great here. Or this, you know, But as a whole, man, this is a neat film, especially for, you know, a bunch of kids on a shoestring budget in the early 90s. Damn, he so should have got more work. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And Such the fact that this yeah, and the fact that this has lived on all these years and we're still talking about this movie, it's it's a testament to the fact that there is really not much out there that's like this. Yeah. There the really isn't involved. The passion involved in this shows through so much. Absolutely. Mark the movie man, final thoughts. It's one I would definitely recommend to people if they're talking, you know, oh low budget or whatnot. Uh, films, you know, what, what films would I recommend from that time period? And it's definitely one that I would recommend because even though, uh, you know, there were some negatives, the positives outweigh it. And yeah, you could tell this, this one really, there's just care and craft put behind it. And it does surprise me. You don't see more from him because I mean, if I was someone, especially during that time, you look at what he made, with that money and you know especially for people at the time looking for for just product to put out i would have been here here's some more money go make another one you know uh here's even more money because it's really impressive and it's why i love watching these and i've grown to really love watching these lower budget films especially from that time period because seeing what people did back then and then I see what people do now, and I'm like, man, you know, back then, we're talking folks with, you know, either Super 8 film or, or VHS cameras back then. And you look at what they did back, you know, what, what they were able to do. And now you have even more tools at your disposal. And it seems like many take a lesser route. It's like you were saying, Derek, and Vaughn even saying, you know, care in camera work is gone. 
and I blame Blair Witch for that. But um, <laughs> well, I also blame YouTube a lot for that too. Is yeah, that you don't now. It's such an immediate forum. I mean, it's such a the the delivery format and the way that things are presented now are just so immediate that you the urge to push something out before it's ready for the runway is strong. It's stronger mm-hmm. than it used to be back in the day. Back in the day, you wanted to prove yourself. You wanted something. Yeah. If you were going to get distribution, they wanted something that actually felt like a movie. Well, not all the time. I mean, obviously, we've watched some real fucking stinkers of shot up video movies. But for the most part, the stuff that lives on, there's a reason it lives on. Because it feels like a fucking movie. It looks like a movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff nowadays just doesn't have that feel. I'm sorry to cut you off, Mark. Go ahead. No, you you hit it right on the head, though. That's why I enjoy this film so much, because it, it goes right along with uh, when we were talking about Shattered Dead. It it feels like a film. It, it This one, it feels like someone actually put thought and, and made an actual movie rather than just jerking around with a camera, you know, and, and playing around. Oh, look what practical effects can we do you know they worked it into the story um yeah they're more feral vampires but you had those back then too uh you know and and yeah i i would recommend this film and i'm gonna probably end up watching it again soon because i know i miss stuff and i i dug it this this really is a passion project you can tell and it's a shame we did not see more and I would recommend it to those who shoot film nowadays. Look at what you can do with a very little budget and a lot of passion and what you've got available now, you could do even better. Yeah. I wish half the fucking low budget shit that I slug through. And I know you do the same thing, Mark. You watch (laughs) a lot more of this bullshit than I do. I wish they even like took a step back and took the time that darkness did. I mean, Mm It is what it is. Darkness is not a perfect movie by any means. And I know we're blowing it at nauseum here. The reason we're blowing it is because there's a difference between a low budget movie. That's just a straight exploitation picture. That's, that's just looking to titillate you and that's it. And then there's a low budget movie that obviously someone felt like they needed to make this movie and they put everything they had into it and darkness feels that way now whether or not you need to see the vampire cut i don't know i don't know if you need a two-hour version of fucking darkness i don't think that's the case but if you can find this movie i would definitely watch it there is really like we had said about shatter dead a few weeks back there is nothing like darkness out there especially for this range of like 19 early 1990s that era there's really nothing else like this other than early era peter jackson for the gore for practical gore gonzo balls to the wall we have no restrictions on content what we're going to show how we're going to make this movie and what it is it is just what it is and fuck it's pretty fucking cool for what it is the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of this movie are fucking amazing and then spattered in throughout it there's a few cool things here and there so i definitely give it a big thumbs up you guys should go check out darkness it's not the easiest movie to get a hold of you can like vaughn said you can find the barrel disc and hopefully coming up soon i'm excited 
I really want to fucking see a Blu-ray of this because I would love to see this movie really given some care and cleaned up and put out there because I bet you this movie would look really cool on Blu-ray if it was done right. And especially with the new soundtrack that he's put to it, I'd love to see it. I, w- I really would. So that's it, folks. It's the end of darkness today. I- I'm surprised we got through this fucking episode. My goddamn internet and my computer are plotting against me. So before it all goes to fucking shambles, this is the portion of the show where my guests shamelessly show the motherfucking fuck out of you. Vaughn, go ahead and show oh. my audience. Uh, okay. I guess, I guess you'll want to hear me talk some more. Um, Maybe. Uh, I, I do a podcast called Motion Picture Massacre. It's the same kind of thing, but um, less edited. Um, <laughs> Are you so, trying to give me a complex here? Are you trying to tell me something? No, no, about no, 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 I'm not. It took you four episodes to get this one out. So <laughs> it's in a month or two when you guys already did six episodes before this. Um, but no, yeah, Motion Picture Massacre uh, dot WordPress dot com cult exploitation horror film discussion myself only um so if you can if you can deal with listening to one guy talk about stuff um i welcome you um i'm also on a podcast called podcast mania that's podcastmaniafun.com uh yeah i think so um with my friend charlie brown of the motherfucking browns um and a whole bunch of other people um and we talk about horror movies too and that's more just like it's kind of a garbled Skype disaster, um, occasionally recorded. Uh, most of the time, we just kind of sit there and just hang out. If Charlie decides to actually hit the button to record stuff, uh, I'm not kidding. There's sometimes we we've recorded three or four shows where he just t- totally forgot, and it's like what? Like we sat there for we hung out for like three hours, and it's like well, we had a good time talking. I was like, yeah, it was a great time talking, but why don't you fucking record it? But yeah, I could have been doing something else. I could be sleeping right now. It's like, yeah, but I'm up at four o'clock in the morning talking to a guy in, in West Boondocks, Canada about, um, I don't know, like uh, how he thinks George Romero should be tying his shoes. And it's like, okay, sure. All right, that makes no sense. He should have orange laces. Okay, fuck, whatever. Three hours later, we're still talking about this. Um, you uh, you are the master of shilling here, Vaughn. I mean, I'm really sold on that. I, I, I know, I know. So you should you should check them out. We at least try to do one podcast a month um, because we're mostly trying to do a Three's Company podcast. In between all of that, <laughs> what are you trying to do an episode to episode podcast on it? Yeah, well, yeah. Charlie is trying to do it. He did he did he did one so far on the first episode. Um, and that's that was four months ago, and we haven't gone to the episode two yet. Um, but we're doing we're trying to do that because like we're friends with people who do those kind of shows, so it's like, oh yeah, and he's always wanted to do a Three's Company show. So in between everything else, that's in there. We we uh, you know like we just like the last two f- episodes were I think we did we did all the violent shit films because I forced them to watch them all. Oh boy, uh, including Timo Rose's Violent Shit 4.0. Uh, um, and all oh, those are beautiful films. I don't. I don't care what you have to say. You know, your 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 opinions are invalid. Uh, you know that. <laughs> it's okay. You like to you like to see really bad prosthetic vaginas torn up. It's okay. You can admit it. Come on. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like you know, like my last girlfriend before my marriage is uh, just hers was just as bad. I even. <laughs> but if you'd like to hear more comments like that. 
check out motionpicturemaster.wordpress.com. I'm done. Awesome, Doc. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. How, do you, how do you follow that? Yeah, well, yeah. Doc, tell me about all of the fake vaginas that you've seen and rate them on a scale of one to ten. Uh, seven, two and a half. <laughs> I, I was watching wrestling before this, and I saw a folding chair put where it shouldn't be, and another folding chair <laughs> knocked it into, you know, unhappy town. But <laughs> that's not quite the same thing. Um, anyhow, uh I do a lot of performing in the Milwaukee area. I've got a cameo coming up for the Variety Hour Happy Hour show on Friday, December 29th. That starts at 8. It'll be at Comedy Sports. Um, I guess I get to film some more of that the other, uh, Wednesday. Uh, otherwise, uh, Professor Thomas Tennant on Facebook is my infrequently updated version of things like this. I know I've got uh, Cabaret MKE coming up again in February because I got told uh, the other day that I actually get lines in a name next time. I'm not just random cop. So <laughs> You're moving up in the world. Bro. Moving up in the world, man. I'm going to be evil, so it'll be a good time. Well, maybe next time you can be waiter number six. I'm looking forward to being waiter number six. Waiter number seven doesn't get tipped well enough. <laughs> As always, thanks for coming on, Doc. Thanks. Um, and last but not least, Mark, the Movie Man Show. Mm, okay. Uh, SpecialMarkProductions.com. If you're curious at all on what I work on, I got YouTube link, uh, links to the YouTube channel there, links to the podcast uh, there. Yes, we just recently did an episode. Uh, I did it begrudgingly, but we did an episode on the, the room. Um, as well, we got some great stuff coming up this uh, coming year. You can catch me also on the Twitters at SpecialMarkPro. And uh, on Facebook, we have a Special Mark Productions group, which you can join and have a voice in what we do and say. So, Well, boys, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. That's it. We're done. I'm not testing my luck. We're ending this thing. We're out of here. So I'll catch you next time, folks. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes. Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please, help us by subscribing, rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also, if you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, Join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only one dollar a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Astro Zombies. Zombies.